Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. I am, of course, your host, Mark Krishnez, and this is the first episode of the new year 2023 and the new episode the first episode not the new episode i mean it's, in, it's still a new episode of course but it is the first episode with the changes that i discussed last episode and those changes are my transition back to doing two episodes a week again tuesdays and fridays and ideally hopefully shorter episodes that are easier to consume they won't fill you too much. They won't make you go. They'll make you go. Mm, mm, that was good. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you don't go oh, still, uh, even though you weren't doing that before, to my knowledge. No, I'm just you know, whatever we're doing, we're doing what we're doing. But I've got a decent amount of stuff to talk about. Not too much. And I believe I can better focus on that stuff because I have less to talk about on this episode and can focus on it. And I'm going to start off with what I've been watching like we usually do. I haven't paid attention to much news or any of that jazz. So let us start with The Phantom of the Open. And this is a golf movie I was first made aware of a few months ago or so. A few months ago or so. A few months ago or so. And was excited to watch and more so excited to have my father watch because my father is a huge golfer. And the movie looked like it would be right up his alley as this very sweet, not even really an underdog story. It's very similar to Eddie the Eagle, if you've seen that, or Cool Runnings, where you have someone who's maybe not of the highest skill trying their darndest and just giving it their all, despite the fact that it's clear they can't really compete in whatever sport they are pursuing for whatever reason. Cool Runnings, you have a team that maybe with more experience and practice they probably could have done well in eddie the eagle he has his limits and in this you have a i believe in the beginning a man in his 40s who's played by mark Raylance, who i really really like as an actor he's someone who when i see he's in a movie I get a little more excited about that movie because I think he's a fantastic actor. He was first made aware of to Americans like myself, I'm assuming, in Bridge of Spies, the Spielberg movie starring Tom Hanks and Mark Ray Lance, where you have these two spies and the one, uh, the, I forget what country he's from, but Ray Lance is the foreign spy and they want to do a trade on this bridge uh, between Ray Lance and then the American spy who was caught. And he was later seen in stuff like The Outfit recently, which is an all right movie. It's, it's, a, it's a, a movie that is carried by his performance, whereas a lot of the other actors in that movie are way more stereotypical and 
overacting. And he's still... The thing about Mark Raylance is that he's able to, in the majority of his roles, even if they seem a little awkward or different, like in The Phantom of the Open, he's able to portray them in a much more subdued way where they don't feel ridiculous. They still feel real and authentic, even if they may be really, really quirky. And in The Phantom of the Open, what you have is the story of a worker who, I forget the decade that it starts in, but he decides, in I believe his 40s, to pick up the game of golf. He's never golfed ever. He's trying to think of something to do with his life as it's looking like cutbacks are going to make him lose his job. And he sees the British Open being advertised on the telly. And he's like, you know what? Uh, there's something about this that just captures me. And I, I'm, I'm going to go for this. I am going to pick up the game of golf and I'm going to try my best to get into the British Open. And you may think to yourself, well, that's fucking ridiculous. Who would who would think that? You'd have to be an idiot. And it's not that he's an idiot, but he just believes that if, if you want to go for something, why not? What's stopping you? Why can't you try? And there's this wonderful, sweet innocence to the movie. And, you know, it's based on a true story based inspired the 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 amount that it deviates from the actual story I don't know so I can't speak to how true to reality it is but you had this amateur this not even amateur who ended up getting into the British Open the first time he gets in the way it plays out is that it seems like or the way they make it seem like is that he, on his application, listed himself as a professional, and even though his application was so shoddily put together and had typos and things crossed out, it looked like a joke in many ways. No one at the the PGA organization or whatever thought it would even be possible it is incomprehensible that someone would lie about being a professional so of course even though it looks like it was written by a four-year-old or whatever it's got to be true that this is a professional's application so just yep approve them they're good and of course when he gets there and competes he's not good and is embarrassing in how he uh, embarrassing to the, the the league, to the the organization and the sport, but to him, he's just doing his best. He, he feels a little bad that his one son uh, seems to be embarrassed by him, but it's just a really, really endearing, sweet, cute little story that manages the the success of the movie. I am of someone who enjoys sports movies. But why I think The Phantom of the Open succeeds and why it's something I, I'd recommend regardless of your love or lack thereof for the sport of golf is because 
it is this incredibly sweet story. It's cute. It's endearing. It is all those things that would lead one to believe it's incredibly schmaltzy and very Frank Capra-esque and Frank Capra-esque at his worst. Because there's, there's Frank Capra that I like and then there's Frank Capra that is, you can't take it with you and I'm like, fuck. I don't want to take it with me. It manages to be all those things without being overly sentimental or schmaltzy and too sugary. It, it, it's, it's a very, very heartwarming movie that shares stuff with stuff like Rocky, the, 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 the first Rocky, and, and even the second one, where it's not about winning. It's just about trying your best and just going for it. And I find sports movies that have stories like that to be especially relatable because, of course, the majority of people watching these movies would never be able to actually compete in the sports they're seeing. It's why I like Miracle so much in that like, that is about a team, athletes, college athletes who are of a high skill level, but they're going up against this monster of a dynasty in the Russian hockey team. And that is just such an incredible story. And, you know, Defend of the Open. Good, good movie. I highly recommend it. I was very, very pleasantly surprised by it. I was worried because I think the trailer, it makes it seem like, and there, there is still that level of quirkiness to it that might turn some people off, but the trailer really does lay that up. And one of my concerns too is that I believe he's wearing a, a fake pair of teeth that gives him a excessive overbite that is similar to the effect Malik what is it? not Malik is that Malik Rami 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 Malik is that his name uh, the actor who played Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody sort of the same effect that his fake teeth blended where it affects not only his look but his, his way of speaking and how he sounds. And you have that, but to a lesser extent here, I thought that might be distracting for an entire movie, but it quickly just was there. I, I, I forgot that it was even there. Uh, so that's something that may be a, a sticking out point for some of them. Then I watched Faulty Towers, the, the TV show, which... According to at least one list, was called the greatest British sitcom of all time, and that might be true. It is a very short watch of only twelve episodes, six episodes per series. Series being the way the Brits refer to seasons. If you don't know, my fellow Americans, and it follows John Cleese as Basil Fawlty and his little bed and breakfast type hotel house whatever I, mean, yeah, I guess it's 
it, it seems very bread and breakfasty. Uh, and the shenanigans that happen there. It's really funny. It showed me, I noticed in the last episode, as I was wrapping it up, that there was a laugh track. And it shows that while I think a lot of people, especially younger people who don't have much experience with laugh tracks, that while a laugh track can be incredibly distracting in not good shows where you're constantly noticing its existence and it and, and that it's there because you hear or, or, or you're hearing the laughter, but you're not laughing with them. Faulty Towers, I didn't notice until the very last episode and only because I was getting ready. I, I was just not excited to wrap it up, but I was like, yeah, okay. This was a good time. Oh, there's a laugh track. Oh, this is a sign that this show is as good as it is because I didn't notice the laugh track was there the whole time. It, it felt like it belonged because they were laughing when I would be laughing. I don't actually laugh, but the bits that are all humorous, they're laughing because the shit's funny. And it is funny. It's a, it's a very, very, very good show. I... I... The thing about it, though, that I will say, and not a negative light, but it can be very, very exhausting. The energy of the show... I would compare to the end of Clue, the movie, where you have Tim Curry running around the the mansion, showing or explaining how everything happened, and you know, the various what three endings of that movie. But him just running around saying like, "Oh, this is this happened here, and this is what happened here, and blah 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 blah," and all of that, where he's just running all over the place and it's exhausting it has that vibe to it a lot of the time but it works it just makes it so that and this is how I watched it I would just watch an episode here and there I could not binge this show because I would have a heart attack if I tried doing that you have John Cleese running around doing crazy things but it's just a very very good show uh, there's not much to it the the additional cast is great the stories are fun it's really silly but I think what makes it succeed and why I would agree that it is though the, you don't need this for it to be the, the greatest British uh, sitcom is that it isn't Great British comedy? I think it's just great comedy. This Faulty Towers, spelled F-A-W-L-T-Y, Towers. And the last thing, I just started up is Star Trek Voyager. I finally started that up. I watched the first three episodes, technically the first two, because the first episode is the two-part opening, smooshed together in streaming form now. And I'll stick with it because I'm very confident it'll eventually get good. But this is the weakest start of any of 
the shows because while other uh, other series like TNG had a really rough first season and was more actively bad at times there was still something there there were characters being more defined and having more unique identities whereas in the first three episodes of Voyager so far there is just no personality whatsoever all the characters I I don't like or care about a single character on the show right now and that concerns me because I, I need I need someone to latch onto. I need someone to care about. I need something to uh, in a show like Star Trek, where it is especially you know one of these where it's going to be a long drive. It's going to go on for 170 or whatever episodes. I need to like someone. I I need to like these characters. And there's just nothing about them. They're so bland or either the most basic, simplistic of stereotypes. Oh, here, here's the half Klingon who's fucking angry and I'm sure she's going to open up and her fucking cold heart is going to warm up, feeling around great. There's just nothing about anyone currently that is interesting or engaging and it's just and I was excited to watch it I was not not in the right mindset or anything I was like yes I'm fucking let's go I'm ready for some more Star Trek and then I watched the first three episodes and I'm like do I even want to watch anymore right now I don't know maybe I'll go back and watch something else It, 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 it did not get my juices flowing whereas even with TNG which I thought was pretty fucking bad the first season I was still driven to keep watching it because you had these more defined characters. Yeah, that's it in terms of what I've been watching. So let's just touch upon what I've been playing. Starting with Sail Forth, and this is a very cutesy Sea of Thieves-like where you are the commander of a small little ship. You can expand it and increase its size its capacity as you keep playing and exploring the ocean of this world and so on and so forth it's third person and i played it for a few hours (laughs) and it's just it's so boring the the ocean is so empty and void of things to discover and things to find. Upgrading your ship wasn't... I can make it a little bigger. I can make it so that I have more slots to put cannons. I could attach more cannons. I could get better cannons. These ship battles themselves are very dull. And... The world, it just... It's cute from a style standpoint, the art style and all that, but it doesn't look that great. So if you're just wanting to explore this world for the pretty visuals, that's that's not there. And then you're just going around to these small little patches of world where 
there might be a bandit camp that you can go and destroy and then open the safe and get some material or whatever. Or maybe you'll run into a person who asks you to do something for them. But there's just not much there. You can't get out of your ship. So you're just going around sailing. The sailing feels all right. There are many instances where you're just sailing in the open sea and nothing is happening. There's no organic events happening. You're not going to run into a kraken. And it's just so fucking dull. Mechanically, it's fine, but I I, I also don't like the character design, which feels very Kappa-esque. That Japanese folklore creature that I can't remember the specifics, but I know it likes to do something up your butt. That's its thing. You know, the Japanese, they've got their Kappas who like doing butt stuff, and then the Tanuki that love doing ball stuff. They got their magic balls. But Sail Forth was just a really, really boring time. And I don't think the tutorial, the tutorial is whatever, but it opens up pretty quickly and just asks you to go about exploring the world for yourself and discovering things for yourself. And when that happened, one, it wasn't made super clear that the the tutorial had basically ended and I was free to just go about doing whatever I wanted. And part of that was because when that happened, I, I didn't... It, it, there didn't seem like there was anything to do. And that's because there isn't much to do. I'd just be sailing... And, and and going down this empty sea where there was nothing by me and eventually I would see something in the distance pop up and then I'd transition to a new very small island area but that's it there there isn't lush biomes and new things to discover it's all very samey in a game where so much is focused on the act of discovery and learning what's going on and, and, and all that kind of stuff. It's not good when it's the, the act of discovery is as boring as it is. Yeah, that's sail forth. And the other thing I, I play that's, that's new is the Tale of Clouds and Wind. Q-U Byte Classics. This is from Q-U Byte. And apparently it was a Sega Genesis beat-em-up that I don't remember at all. And I think the reason why I don't remember it is because it is a terrible beat-em-up. It is awful. I played it for an hour and had a miserable time with it. Not because it's hard, it's relatively... It's easy at first and then it gets super cheap. It's easy because of the forgiving continue structure, which I don't know if that was the way it was in the original game. But when you lose all your lives, just continue from where you died and you're fine. And also between stages, your lives are reset unless you had more than the starting two. 
But you play as one of three characters, all of which have weapons, I believe. And then you just, you know, you do your beat em up thing, but the way it works is that you will go to a screen and you'll hit a point where enemies start coming at you. And then instead of instead of you taking on a single wave of enemies and then getting a, an on-screen indicator telling you to keep progressing forward, they send five or so waves of enemies at you all the time. And then you can move forward. And it's so boring. It, they, it draws out all of the fights and, and makes it so that it just seems like it's padding out the experience without uh, feeling or while taking away the need to create interesting levels because the levels in themselves from an actual physical standpoint are incredibly short. They just take a long time because you get to one section and then enemies come at you. You fight them, then another wave of enemies, then you fight them, then another wave of enemies, you fight them, another wave of enemies, you fight them, another wave of enemies, you fight them, and then one more, one more wave, you know, just for, just for good luck. And it's just, it's, it's very boring. It becomes incredibly cheap. There are plenty of instances where I would get knocked down and then I'd be stuck where a bunch of enemies just keep spamming attacks at me and I can't get up and, and out of the way or do anything to defend myself and I just get into this loop for a period of time where I keep taking damage. They introduce enemies, I think, in the third stage that can teleport and they just... The enemy design sucks. Stars okay. The, the CRT filter is one of the worst CRT filters I've experienced in a classic game that's been brought back to uh, modern consoles. But it is just a really disappointing time for for someone who really loves beat em ups. Uh, and it's just it's just showing you why no one remembers the game because it's not good. It's a very bad beat em up. It makes not great beat em ups better in comparison, like the Simpsons game, which is not good. The Simpsons. It's not, well, it's not The Simpsons. The Simpsons game was the EA game. The Simpsons, the beat-em-up, not a great beat-em-up. It's a beat-em-up that is carried by its license, but in actuality, isn't that great. I'm sorry, especially Wanster. I'm sure Wanster's like, oh, how dare you? It, it, it's not. I'm sorry. I've gone back and played it, and it was one of the lesser enjoyable experiences going back to beat-em-ups. Whereas you have stuff like Streets of Rage that still holds up incredibly well. Or Ninja Turtles, Hyperstone Heist, and Turtles in Time. Fantastic still today. That's it in terms of what I've been playing. So let us check out some Patreon questions, huh? How about it? And then we'll call it a, a show. A little, little rocky start, but you know, it's all right. So we have from Lunchbox. Resolutions are stupid, so instead... What one thing do you hope slash actively work towards being better this year? I 
to this question, to, to to this question's point, nothing. I I I legit have no answer to this just because the way last year ended with my father and all that, I don't, and and it's still something that is of concern. He's still healing from his stroke and all that. I'm not concerned about anything other than the immediate now and focusing on him and getting him back to as close to 100% as possible, if not 100%. So I don't have any thoughts or feelings or expectations about the the year as a whole of 2023 and, and things I want to accomplish or any of that shit because all that matters right now is making sure my dad is healthy and, and gets back to his usual self for him, not for me. And and that's and that's that. Then <laughs> these these questions are all gonna. I, I don't want to avoid all these questions, but Jedi asks, "What are you looking forward to in 2023 in games and movies?" I don't even know what is coming out in terms of movies. More so, game wise, I uh, I would like to really like. It's not Skyrim. What is it? Starfield. I I love Skyrim, and I really really love Morrowind. I enjoy the Fallout games, Fallout Four included. I, I did not like Obl- Oblivion's just the ones, and I don't know why I have to try and find reasons why I would not be excited about a Bethesda game. But I'm very hopeful that Starfield could be good. I'm super excited if it actually comes out in Stalker 2. And then, I guess, I'm trying to think of what's coming out on the Sony front, I don't know. But, we haven't gotten a date. I don't know if they see it, a window or anything, but I'm assuming it would be shocking to me if Forza Motorsport did not come out this year. And that might be that might be my most. I am so just. I, I just want some motorsport. I love the Horizon series, but motorsport is my jam when it comes to Forza. And I just, I'm ready. It's been over five years or so since Forza Motorsport Seven. So just give me that. I want it. I want that. What I assume is just going to be the new motorsport game, and that they're just going to continuously build upon it and not release sequels. They're just going to make it bigger and bigger and bigger and that's why I don't know if they confirmed it or not I'm pretty sure it's just called Forza Motorsport and it's not Forza Motorsport 8 but movies I I do not know a single thing that is coming out in 2023 so no idea and she asks what's your top five-ish pieces of media you've consumed this year this year being 2022 could be games, movies, shows. Doesn't need to be released this year. Just stuff I watch or consumed. Um, I was very, very pleasantly surprised by Peacemaker. Love that show. The Boys season three, I think, was 2022. If yes, fucking 100%. I love The Boys. I think that is a fantastic series. And season three was easily the best. It, it managed to have the humor, but also 
really expand upon these characters storylines their personal stories and give focus to a lot of them everyone had their moment in season three and there were some really crazy over-the-top things just fantastic 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 show and then dread I've already watched Dread. It's not new, but it was the first movie I watched on my new HD TV. I don't know my HD TV. I like that. that fucking sounds like a super old. On my 4K fancy schmancy TV using my fancy schmancy new UHD player. And it looked fantastic. And I haven't watched a thing since on it. So it was the one and only thing I watched to test out the display and everything. And it was a, a very good choice. And I watched it. It was the first movie I've watched in a long time that I just turned off everything. Didn't check my phone. Didn't do anything. I just watched the movie. And it was a fantastic, fantastic time. So that, that was great. I love Car- fucking Carl Urban, baby. Carl Urban. Love me my Carl Urban. But, uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, I, I didn't, you know prepared too much for this stupid thing do i miss podcasting lunchbox asked do i miss podcasting with other people yeah i've talked about this point i would i would love to be able to do a podcast with any fucking other person like i just i miss that a hell of a lot so very 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 much so i wish i wish i had that but you know not easy to to just make that happen and then last from Enchi, how do you prioritize what games you're playing, what games you're going to play at any given time? This, usually, it's just what I feel like playing. Yeah, or, you know, sometimes I might use a random number generator or anything, but I get something in my head and I'm like, okay, I'm going to play that. And, and I do that. It hasn't been that way most of last year and now just because of how mentally exhausted I am from various things that have been going on in my personal life and whatnot this stuff with my father has been very very trying and difficult worst December of my life December 2022 and I am just looking forward to yeah, I did spend as much time as I could with what energy I could muster at the end of last year in the last few months to try and get certain things wrapped up so that I could really focus on both my father and, and helping him heal and myself. And I'm excited and hopeful that I am able to in 2023 really give myself a break here and there and not be so all over the place and and, and give myself time to just do one thing at a time. I've been so conditioned to multitask all the time to try and get as much done every single second of every minute of every hour of every day that eventually that's just going to weigh on anyone and it's going to it's going to 
fall on top of you and then you're going to be the fucking wicked witch of the east or the west or whatever the one that gets smashed by the house but uh yeah usually i'm i'm just feeling something and i play it but right now it's basically did i get a code for it meaning i i have to, i'll have to talk about it okay there you go that's what i'm playing but uh i'm also i'm very excited to eventually get my analog pocket i am so ready for it i'm ready to play in bed i want to play the original pokemon so bad but uh that is going to do it for this year episode of the pixelated sausage show the first episode of 2023 and the first episode in this return to dual episoding and all that jazz so once again i am of course your host mark kush nez uh, you can find me pretty much everywhere at px sausage if you'd like to find all my links of import and all that jazz all that good jazz you can go over to pixelatedsausage.com slash pxs to find them there and if you like this here show or any of the stuff I do and what have you, you can go over to patreon.com slash pxs to support me and my nonsense that away. With your support, I will maybe in the future be able to do some fancy cool stuff, but what you'll get with your support is access to the fancy schmancy private Discord channels, the ability to ask me questions in the question mark channel, that's question mark M-E-R-C. Like my name, get it? Ha 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 And access to the potential in the future when my father is feeling better because he's humoring the idea and he's open to it. An exclusive podcast. That's right, baby. I, I said no, no exclusives, but I just, whatever. This thing seems just to make sense to be exclusive. But uh, I'm, I'm thinking about trying out a, a podcast with my dad and the current idea I have for it is to do a type of book club movie club game club thing where we read something together watch something play something whatever and then we talk about it and just doing that once a month probably but we'll, we'll see uh, I got I got a basic ass but good enough mic for him that I tested out and it works so you know could be fun could be fun I also thought with that microphone I could have him watch me play games and stream that and have him commentate on them so that I could just focus on the game and he could commentate he wouldn't engage with chat but he would just commentate and people could watch us and I'd look at chat every now and again and see what they're saying about my dad and his commentary but uh that is it for this year episode so as always thank you for watching or listening i hope you enjoyed this year episode and for now adios a uh, riva bye <laughs>